Hi there, Opinion Has It listener. It's Elmira. For the past week, we've been on beep watch, repeatedly checking our phones for any indication that Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee for U.S. president, was ready to announce his running mate. The plan was to discuss his choice and the role of the vice president more broadly with Julia Azari, professor of political science at Marquette University, in today's episode. But as we refreshed our news feeds, our deadline for recording today's episode came and went, and there was still no word on Biden's VP. So my talk with Azari will have to wait until next time. In the meantime, we're bringing back outtakes, special episodes featuring parts of past conversations that were left on the cutting room floor. Today, that means more insights from Tufts University professor Daniel Dresner, whom I interviewed last time about the resiliency of the nation-state and how the COVID-19 pandemic might remake the international order. In our discussion, Dan identified a paradox of the Westphalian system. Though it originated in Western Europe, its most ardent supporters today lie outside the region. Russia and China are two notable examples. Beyond fiercely protecting their physical borders, both countries have expanded the traditional definition of sovereignty to include cyberspace. Well, I want to pick up on what you said about Russia and China being kind of advocates of of the Westphalian idea of sovereignty. China, in particular, really is advocating for sovereignty within cyberspace. And interestingly enough, it's the United States that's saying, no, we don't like we need to have an open and free Internet. How does that play out? I am growing more pessimistic about how that will play out over time, because, I mean, unfortunately, if you take a look at the the data from Freedom House and from other entities like them, the world is getting less free. And what you are seeing is is authoritarians getting better at being authoritarian. In some ways, this goes to, to Francis Fukuyama's point about China as well. Part of the thing that drives world politics at times is emulation. Which great power is seen as the one on the rise? Which is the one that is seen as doing things well? And I think this is my biggest fear with respect to the effects of COVID-19, which is the United States as an example is a bad one. We're operating in a world right now in which the Bahamas won't even let Americans in at this point because of our abysmal performance here. And so it is possible that other countries out there will grow increasingly attracted to the China model. And if the China model includes basically the national segmentation of the internet, then yes, it is possible that that winds up being the way in which we are headed. For all the challenges facing the nation state, from the rise of multinationals to new technologies and globalization, it's still difficult to imagine an alternative way of organizing political power. The state remains the most powerful actor in the international system. We asked Dan why. I guess I would define the current power of the state in a couple of ways. The first is, is that there's no denying that the state generally has if not the monopoly, uh, the largest market share of coercive apparatus, and that's not something to, to sneeze at. 
But I think the the primary source of state power in this regard is the accumulation of history, the fact that we've been operating for close to three centuries, at least, operating along this premise of the primary way to organize political power on this planet is through state jurisdictions. And you're absolutely correct. That doesn't mean that there couldn't be other ways of doing this. But it's kind of a lot like, as as someone who studies international political economy, it's a lot like reserve currencies, which is to say, if theoretically you can switch you know, away from one reserve currency to another. The problem is, is that it's a coordination game. And so even if you have some people that would argue, hey, you know what? The state as we know it is not the best way to organize this. We should think about it along different lines. Unless you get buy-in from a critical mass of people, it's not going to change anything. And the thing about these kinds of dynamics is that when there is a change, the change have usually has a sort of tipping point dynamic where it happens very, very quickly. But I don't think we're even remotely close to that sort of change. Thanks for listening to the latest outtakes from Opinion Has It. I'm Elmira Bay-Rosley. Stay tuned for our next episode on Biden's VP pick out next week. 